discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same, we are constant. God is constant, God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Wow. There's a song that is coming to my heart. I don't know if you know what to say. Mighty is our God. Hallelujah. Do you not sing it? Jesus left us with five things. If you're a Christian, you should know and master these five things. Five very important things. The first thing is love. Love. Say love. Every song you sing should be about the love of God. If a song does not fall in line with these five things, you should, you should watch it. Hallelujah. Love. John chapter 13, verse 34. Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Even so, he says, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Go back to 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Then he says, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. By this shall all men know. It is not by our speaking in tongues shall all men know that we, love, that we are of God. Okay? By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If you want, what qualifies you to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ or what shows that you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is your love for the brethren. Hallelujah. And there are different levels of love. The first level is your, your love for, I've shared along a certain line, three levels of love. God's love for man, right? Then, uh, his love for his children, and then his love for what? Those who love him. That is God's side. When it comes to your side, so those are the three levels of God's love. But when it comes to your, your love, the expression of your love, it's also in three levels. The first one is your love for the Lord. Hallelujah. The second one is your love for the brethren. And the third level is your love for what God loves, which is humanity or human, people, sinners. Hallelujah. Your love for God, your love for the brethren, and your love for sinners okay yes so every song we sing should be around these things our love for the lord our love for the brethren our love for people if a song is not along those lines you shouldn't spend your time listening to it it will corrupt you with time it is not every song that is stark gospel that is gospel hallelujah yes then, the second thing Jesus left us is his word. 
Or rather, you, we, can, we can do it any other way. Let's do the Spirit, His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit. That's in, so this is called the Upper Room Discourse. This, these are the last things Jesus said before he was crucified to his disciples. He had a meeting in an upper room. Okay? He had lunch. He had dinner with them. That night, that same night, he had dinner with them. That was the last dinner he had with them. And during that meeting, he spoke for three hours nonstop. Judas left. When Judas left to go and betray him, then he started talking about what he was leaving to the disciples and hence to the church. The first thing is love. The second thing is the Holy Spirit. So it covers John chapter 13 all the way to John chapter 17. So the second thing is the Holy Spirit. And that is in John chapter 14 um, from verse 16. Let's read from verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my word. Next verse. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, whom the world cannot receive, because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. So he spoke about the Holy Spirit. And he spoke about the Holy Spirit about seven times in this, in this particular discourse. It's like the Holy Spirit was the main person he was leaving the church so songs that are not in line with expressing our love for the lord our love for the holy spirit and the holy spirit's ministry in our lives and what the holy spirit is, inspires us to accomplish you should you should you should watch it hallelujah are you in the church number three he spoke about our union with him our oneness our union with the godhead our union with the Godhead. God elevated us from um, being slaves to sin to becoming sons and daughters of God and becoming one with the Godhead. So in John chapter 14, verse 20 now, look at verse 20. John 14, 20. It says, At that day you shall know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Have you seen it? He spoke about our union with him. At that day, which day? During this day, when I leave, you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. If you look at John chapter 17, you see a number of that, that same thing there. John chapter 17, we can read from verse 22. I hope I'm right. John 17, 22. And the glory which thou givest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Have you seen it? Next verse. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Our union with Christ. These are very important things. If your Christianity is not revolving around these things, you should advise yourself. We've mentioned love, the Holy Spirit, our union with, with Christ, or our union with the Godhead. Okay? So songs related to our union with the Godhead, letting us know, remind you, it brings you faith. If you are going to be singing songs that deprive you of ability, you are going to be in trouble. Lord, help me. I don't know what I'll do with myself. You are, you are insulting him. You are spitting back into his face. That's what you are doing. Because he has helped you. You are the help of God. He has given you the, the biggest help ever, which is the Holy Spirit. 
So you must encourage yourself in the fact that you are one with him. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. God is faithful. By whom ye were called unto the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ. Our Lord, if you were not in his class, you can't fellowship, you, we can't fellowship with him. He's brought us to his class, so we can fellowship with him. Say, God is faithful. Yeah. The songs around those things, it's so important. Yeah. So this song is very powerful. I can do anything. Isn't it? Do you know it? You can call me Superman. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. Hallelujah. Death could not hold him down. My heart is full. He lives in me. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. Hallelujah. Death could not hold him down. My heart is full. He lives in me. Not, I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. He knows you are weak and he knows he's mighty. That is why he came to die for you, to come and live inside so that you will not be weak anymore. Hey! Revelation is progressive. That was a certain level of revelation. It was powerful. It was needed at that time. But revelation is progressive. Do you understand? Yes. You shouldn't be singing certain songs. But scripturally speaking, it's nonsense. Scripturally speaking, it is complete nonsense. Where should it? The song says, when we call you, come. Ah, the Lord is living inside you. Where should we come from? Instead of like reminding yourself of his inward presence, of his dwelling in you, you are denying yourself. You are putting yourself on one side and him on another side. That he should come, he should come and come and do it. What will call on you answer us. Ah, he's inside you. He is inside you. He says, at that day, you shall not ask anything from me. You shall ask the Father directly because the Father himself loves you. Read the Bible. Stop this emotional nonsense. Our union with Christ. Yeah, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. Look at Colossians. Let's read from verse 1. Colossians 3, 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is on the, on the right hand of God. Very powerful scripture, isn't it? 
Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection and keep them, set your minds and keep them fixed on things above, on what God has done for you in Christ. Next, verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him. Christ is our life. Christ is my life. My life is not my life. My life is now the life of Christ. Believe it. Sing songs around that so that you believe it some more. Not songs that rob you of your faith. Christ is in you. It, that is the truth. That is the truth. And he's not weak in you. He's strong in you. But if you don't remind yourself of who he is, man has a problem. Man's problem is forgetfulness. That is man's primary problem. Man does not even remember his past. God knows our past more than we know our past. If I ask you what happened five days ago, what happened in your life on Monday, you may not remember. If you don't keep a diary like most of us don't, you will not remember. What happened on Monday? You have lived Monday already, last Monday. That was on 16th, 16th August. You've lived it already. 16th August 2021 has been lived by you already, but you don't remember. You've forgotten. That is man's problem. Man has a problem of forgetting. That is why we need to remind ourselves continuously of what we have become, of what God has done. If you don't, you rob yourself of victory. You rob yourself of grace, of greatness. Hallelujah. That was number one. Three. Number four is the word of God. The word, the word of the place of the word of God. Jesus spoke about it. John chapter 14, verse 20. This is not my message. I'm just when I saw your face and had the songs, it just came to my mind that I should, I should let you know this. This is not my message at all. Okay? But I hope you are learning something. John 14, 21. 21 now. He says, He that has my commandments, or he that has my words, and keepeth them, he it says that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? He that has my commandments, he that has my words and keeps my words. He it says that loveth me. If you want to know how much you love the Lord, we must check how much of the word of God you have kept. It's not by your singing or by your prayer, prayer, whatever. It's by your, it is by your, the keeping. The, the, how, how have you kept the word of God? Is the word of God inside your heart? How many things do you do that are a direct reflection of the word of God in your life? That shows us how much you love the Lord. He didn't say, if you love me, worship me. He didn't say, if you love me, speak in tongues. He didn't say, if you love me, roll on the floor when they are doing worship. If you love me, uh, what else? Sing nice songs. If you love me, keep my words. Hello? He, he that is, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. The one who keeps his word is the one who has the manifestations of, of the spirit in his life. Your disobedience, notwithstanding, the word of God remains true. 
Do you understand? Your prayer life cannot cure your disobedience. Prayer does not cure disobedience, right? We heard it this week. My wife and I heard it this week. Prayer does not cure disobedience. You can be praying and not know the word. So you are out of the, you are out of the word. And prayer will not cure your disobedience. It doesn't cover, rather, it doesn't, prayer does not cover your disobedience. Hello? You must learn, you must know the word of God. You have to. Look at verse 23. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. We will make our home with him. You want Jesus to make his home with you? He's in us. But he's saying, if you keep my word, you will have me abide with you. What is he trying to talk about? He's talking about the, he's talking about the manifestation of his presence in your life. Practically. Because the more of the word you know, the more you identify who he is in you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Look at chapter five, 15. Chapter 15. Chapter 15 gives you almost everything I'm talking about. You will, if you read chapter 15, you will see love. You will see our union with Christ. You will see um, the name. The, name of the last one is the name of Jesus. You will see um, um, the word. You see everything there. Look at this one from verse 1. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is a husbandman. Every branch in me that bread not fruit, he taketh away. Or the word taketh away is not to take away. The word taketh away is to raise from the ground. Eh? The word taketh away in the Greek is ero. Eh? Katero. K-A-T-E. Something like that. Okay? Is it ero or katero? Look for it for me. And it means to take from the ground. Which one is it? Ero, rather. Ero, yeah. It means to take from the ground. Because you see, when a vine, a vine is growing, some of the branches ends up going into the earth. And when it goes into the earth, into the soil, it doesn't produce the fruit it's supposed to produce. The way to make it produce fruit is by taking it out. The, father, the, the, the farmer takes it out of the ground and washes it and props it up so that it can bear fruit. So when he says, every branch that bear no fruit, he take it away, it doesn't mean he's going to cut you away. No. You cannot be cut away. You are in him. Are you getting it? If you are not bearing fruit, what it means is that you are too involved in the earth. You are too involved in this world. It is a, a, a Christian's over-involvement in this world that prevents him from producing fruits. The earth represents the world. So you are into this world. The love of the world is inside too much. So he, he helps you get out of that and washes you with the word. The word of God is the water that he uses to wash you. Wash you. Hello? Every branch in me that bear no fruit, he take it away. Every branch that bear fruit, he purges it and make a, that it may bring forth more fruit. Next verse. How does he purge it? He purges it but not by pruning, not by cutting. The, you purge a vine by washing it with water. <laughs> Most of us have thought that a pruning has to do only with cutting. No. This is vine. Go and check how vine. Do you know vine? Grape, grape, grape tree. Go and check how they are pruned. They are pruned by washing. By putting water on it. Washing the leaves and washing the, the branches. That's what you do. And what is, the, what is the water? The water is the word. Hmm? Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. That's the word of God. He's talking about the, the word of God is the water that washes you and cleanses you. He says, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. 
Next verse. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except you abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. That's our oneness, our union. Any? Yeah. yeah. He that abided in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. So your fruitfulness is in your consciousness of the fact that he is in you and you are in him. That is where your fruitfulness is. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. So the word of God is a water that cleanses you, is a, is a water that makes you grow. Without the word of God, you cannot grow as you're supposed to. So he talks about the importance of the word. Love, our union, the Holy Spirit, what? The word. The last one is the name of Jesus. His name. So songs around his name are very powerful. Yeah. The name of Jesus, higher than other names. King of all kings, no other name like his. The name of Jesus, higher other names. Alpha and Omega, no other name like his. Then songs concerning his name, or messages concerning his name. Hallelujah. Yes. So in John chapter, chapter 15, you see some. Look at 15, 16. Look at 15, 16. I mean, the whole of John 15 is so nice. You, you will see all these things in there very powerfully. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. Have you seen it? So chapter 16, verse 23. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will what? He will give it to you. Have you seen it? Yeah, so the name of Jesus is very powerful, it's very important, and you need to understand that name. Okay? You need to understand that name. Apart from these five things, Jesus spoke about his death during this period. He spoke about his resurrection during this period. And he gave us a ritual, which is the ritual of the communion. So you see what is most important to him in these verses of the, of the Bible. John chapter 13, all the way to John chapter 17. You can read them. It's called the Upper Room Discourse. Yes. He spoke about his death, his burial, his resurrection, what it will mean for us, everything. It is expedient for you that I go away. John chapter 16, verse 7. It is expedient unto you that I go. He's talking about his death. If I go not away, the comforter will not come. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. If, for, if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Then he shows us what the Holy Spirit will do. When he leaves, when he dies, and goes away. He, and when he's come, he will reprove the world of sin. And of righteousness, of judgment. Of sin because the world believes not. They believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go unto the Father. And you see me no more. Our righteousness is dependent on his going to the Father. Being accepted by the Father. Because we're in him, when he was accepted, we're all accepted. That's why righteousness is found. Then it says of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. 
Who is the prince of this world? Satan. Satan was judged. Hmm? He was judged. The first judgment was the judgment of sin. I told you that last week. Yes. When sin was judged, Satan was also judged. Hallelujah. So it's very exciting. You will see all these things as you read. Okay? It's important. There are two kinds of Christians in this world. You can write it down. Two kinds of Christians. There are two kinds of Christians in this world. The first group of Christians are those who are looking to God to do something for them. Every child of God is being educated. You must be educated. But there are those who don't want to be educated. They are, they are all part of the first group. The first group of Christians are those looking for God to do something for them. They are looking for a breakthrough. They are breakthrough Christians. They are only looking for what? A breakthrough. So they look for prophets, look for pastors, look for... They look for... They heap up onto themselves preachers having itchy, itchy ears. They want them to say what they want to hear. Hallelujah. They want a miracle. They, they are looking for God because of a miracle. Or they are looking for God because of what he can give them. You can read John chapter, John chapter 6. You will see Jesus' discourse with such people. And what he said to them. He said, you people are not looking for me even because of the miracles that you saw. You are looking for me because of the bread that you ate. You want me for bread. You want me to make a bakery for you. That's all. You think I came to make a bakery for you? That's not why I came. I didn't come to come and bake bread or multiply bread for you. The fact that he did that once does not mean that you do it all the time. Or that is why he came. That is not the reason why he came. Hallelujah. So he preached a very interesting message in John chapter 6. Just to ward off those people. He preached that his blood is drink indeed. And that his flesh is bread indeed. And the people said, hey, are we carnivores? We are not carnivores. Why? How can we eat this man's flesh and eat his blood and drink his blood? It doesn't make any sense. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. Christ, many, many people are like that. They come because of, uh, they want solutions to their problems. Hmm. Have you seen them before? Have you seen some before? Yeah. Most, most Christians are like that. Most Christians are like that. And it's unfortunate. They are out to use God. They are out for a miracle. So the, the church they are in is determined by the miracles the church can produce for him for them. If they are not getting certain whatever, they came, they were, they were looking for a child, the child is not coming, they are gone. They are going to look for the next prophet. You know, that's why some prophets sleep with some people. Some people who call themselves prophets sleep with some people's wives to conceive. Because the direction that has come is that I must sleep with you. How many you hear some people? Yeah. Years ago, this is 2000 and, uh, 2007, there was a, pop, there was a video around. Oh, 2007? No, 2008, just when Facebook had come. All of that. There was this video. At that time, there were no censorship and all of that. You know, people, it was just coming. So, someone put up a video of a woman who was being, being you know, someone was sleeping with her. And it was in the name of uh, miracle. She wants a miracle. This, this happened in Nigeria. So, one of them was taking the video. Another person was sleeping with her. Another person was waiting to sleep with her. And they had covered her eye. And as they are sleeping with her, they are saying something. 
uh, they will mention a certain name and then she will say power. Sometimes, sometimes she will say power. Power or power. And she's conceiving like, hey! It's not a small thing. Years ago, this is so many years ago. It was all over. Because they are looking for a miracle. They are out to use God. Don't be like that. Tell me, but don't be like that. You miss out on too many things. The second group of Christians are those who are disciples, who have transitioned to become disciples of Jesus Christ. Disciples. <laughs> a disciple is different from a normal guy walking around. Disciples of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Who is a disciple of Jesus Christ? A disciple of Jesus Christ is one who understands that Jesus is his Lord and Master. And is submitted to training. One who understands that Jesus Christ is his Lord and Master and hence is submitted to training hmm? by Jesus Christ. Training by Jesus Christ. To know his will and fulfill his will. A disciple is only there to fulfill the will of the master. And amazingly, you see, if you read, in the, if you read concerning Jesus' ministry, you see his disciples and you see those who came for the miracles. Have you seen it? You'd be surprised that one of the people who were shouting, crucify him, would have been someone who was blind before. And healed by Jesus Christ, standing in the, in the midst of the people saying, crucify him. You'll be shocked. Yeah, you'll be surprised. A disciple is one who is submitted to the will of the master. Submitted to the will of his Lord. Ready to do what the Lord wants him to do. That is a disciple. You see, there's a training in Christianity. Christianity comes with what? Training. Say Training. You can't miss, if you miss it, you miss a lot of things. Christianity comes with training. Say there's a training. In Christianity. Slap your neighbor and say there's a training. In Christianity. <laughs> yeah. There's a training. How many of you were trained by your father or your mother? Your parents gave you, there were some rules. You don't do this, don't do that. Go here, don't do this. Was it good for you? Are you glad they trained you? Yeah. Hey, are you glad they trained you? Yeah. What do you think you'd have turned out to be if they had not done those things to you? You'd have been a mother of many nations by now, hasn't it? They had to tell you, when you came, as a lady, when you, when you get your first menses, they call you and sit you down. A, a proper home will do that. If it's not a home, you may not get that. But a proper home will have your father and your mother call you and sit you down and say that, Charlie, welcome to adulthood. If a man touches you, they will, they will, not, they will say, if a man touches you, you will get pregnant. <laughs> Is it true, the ladies? Yeah. It's training. They're showing you what is, is happening in your life. They show you, when I was going to secondary school, I had the highest advice in my life when I was going to secondary school. I was called at 4.30 a.m. It had never happened in my life before. 
I was called at 4.30 a.m. He sat me down and he started talking. As you are going to school, you will meet these people, you meet these people, you have to be careful, know where you are coming from. Hey! How many of you had that too? Ah. Training. They are training you. Some of us were trained not in my home. You are, we are, were trained not to use certain words. You don't use certain words. It was unconscious, but it was there. I mean, you don't use certain words. You can't. We don't know how to disrespect older people. You can't. It's not possible. Yeah, I was lashed, thoroughly lashed, when I was going away from the training that was going was being given to me. I didn't like staying at home. We were being trained to stay home and read our books and all of that but I didn't like that I was all over the place have you heard of Kobolo before yes I was described as a Kobolo when I was a, when I was a child I grew up in Accra I was born in Damsuman and I grew up in Accra for many years before I went to Kumasi to school to university the first time I went to Kumasi was for university 2003 that was the first time I went to, university, uh, to Kumasi and I stayed there. <laughs> God told me to start this church there. Yeah. My father beat me thoroughly. Do you inside out? Because when I leave the house, I'm not coming. I eat breakfast in my house, lunch in someone else's house, and supper in another person's house. And the one who will go and go and watch cinema and want Shani Koko 130. You there was, there was this, there, there are cinemas that, that run at, that, the movie starts running at 1.30 p.m. <laughs> he was a cobalt like me, so he knows. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have a TV in our house. A TV came later, but there was no deck. Video deck. Do you know video deck? <laughs> the cassette that you, aha. Uh -huh, <laughs> Piamon call. We, 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 those, 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 those are the, the video decks. Uh, we didn't have some, but friends had some. And I, I liked, I've loved movies since I was a baby. I tell you. A car nearly hit me because of, you would not have had a pastor by now, I tell you. I would have died long time because of, of, of a video, a movie. I, I saw the poster. I was around eight years old. I just saw the poster across the road, eh? They, you know those times they used to show posts. I don't know if you are, are you old or you are young? Ask me, are you old or you are, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you don't know. Oh, so years ago, they had, you had video centers and then they will, they will put, they will advertise the movies they are going to show. They have these drawings of them. You see Jackie Chan has done this crouching tiger something. You will see some, a picture. And the picture was so attractive to me, eh? When I, as I was, where, the whole family had gone to church. We were coming in a bus. I wanted to get down quickly and go and look at the, the picture and examine it well before my parents, my mother comes. You understand? So I got down first and crossed the road with speed. Meanwhile, a car was coming. I didn't check. I didn't look to the left, look to the left, look to the right, and look to the left again. I didn't do that. I just got down and crossed. And the car nearly killed me. It was being driven by an older man. So he saw me and, you know, stepped on the brakes. But I just crossed. I didn't know even. I didn't, everybody was shouting, but I was standing in front of the picture, examining it. Yeah, examining it very nicely. Yeah. Getting my feeling before everybody comes.
You can imagine what happened to me that day. My father really gave me a beating. It was not easy for me. They beat me. I mean, I've been lashed. They, they lashed me so much. It was not doing much to me anymore because I was not changing. So my father devised another means. You, he grinds pepper with ginger and you pass it around your balls. After lashing, you pass it around your balls. And then you'll be standing there like this. You can't touch it. You'll just be there like that. Hey! What? Yeah. I was very stubborn. I mean, I'm not hearing what you are saying. But he lashed me into becoming a correct person. Yes. He lashed me to hear him. And later on in life, I asked him, why, why were you lashing me so much? He said, if I had not lashed you, you'd not be here. You'd have died a long time ago. Yeah. How many of you heard of Dr. Beckley? And we were passing in front of Dr. Beckley's house almost every time. I mean, our heads could have gone long. Yes. It's amazing. So in Christianity, there's a training. God also lashes you rebukes you, reproves you, teaches you certain things to get you in line in order to do what he wants you to do. Hebrews chapter 12. Let me read these things to you and then I'll show you some other things. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read from verse 6. Go to verse 5. Let's read it in the Amplified. You know, some Christians don't like this. Hmm? when you are being told what to do and you are being pushed to a certain diet, no, leave me alone. I'm not a child. I want my life. What do you mean? Who are you? You don't, you don't understand that God has... Author- so you are part of the first category. You are in to use God. You are not, in, you are not ready to, to be discipled. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, and the disciples never... The disciples were the ones who were working miracles. They were the ones working the miracle. They didn't need a miracle. James said, if is anyone sick amongst you, let him call for the elders. Who are the elders? The elders are the disciples. The disciples don't fall sick. They don't. But the normal Christians will always fall sick. Because they are not ready to learn what, they, what to do in order for sickness not to come to you. A normal Christian would not sit down and listen to tape, listen to messages. He's listening to five messages, like I'm listening to this, in order to learn how faith works, so that my faith can work. You are, you've not graduated yet, you've not transitioned yet. You are, in for, you are in to get God, not for God to use you, or work with you. Hello? Tell anybody, you must change. You have to. Yeah. A disciple will get some books and read, in order to know exactly what to do. Hand, how to handle yourself, how to, even handling yourself, you are trained to know, to know how to poo-poo. Do you know that? My son, we had to train him to sit, learn to sit on the potty and be comfortable sitting on the potty to release the thing because he wanted to stand to poo-poo. Yes, he would stand. Ah! Yes, he wanted to stand. He wanted to have pampers all the time. Yes, oh, he pampers all the time. After two years, he was still wearing pampers. And he would stand. When you put him on the, on the potty, then he would stand up. And push for it to come. We had to train him. Spoken to. Warned. Threatened. We had to force him to sit. My wife is here. Eh? Oh, it's okay. 
okay. <laughs> I just said it's okay. Sit down and poo-poo. Yeah, because he was messing up all, the, all over the place. We were in America with him. And his, one of his grand aunties noticed that the guy does not sit on the poo-poo, on the, on the toilet seat. She said, ah, big boy like so. She called him and advised him and made fun of him to make him feel bad. And after that, when he realized, it's like, hey, this thing is becoming serious. He changed. He changed immediately. He was like, I will not be spoken to by people like that. <laughs> so he changed. Yes, he just changed. He decided that, okay, I'll sit on the potty now. Yeah. You are trained how to brush your teeth. You are trained to be independent. If you are not trained, it's not going to work. Same thing. As a child of God, you must be trained. To know, you must be trained on a lot of, on a lot of levels. Oh. I have Christians who are very stubborn. They will not, they will not, they do not even mind. You see, how does God train you? God trains you through the servants that he sends to you. That's how God trains you. Keep your finger here. This is Hebrews chapter 12, right? Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Let's read verse 17. You see something there. Hebrews 12, Hebrews 13, 17. This is fine. Amplified is fine. He says, obey your spiritual leaders. Hmm? Or do what? Obey. Hey! Obey your spiritual leader. So the first thing is that you must recognize that this person is a spiritual leader in my life. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them. Continually recognizing their authority over you. They have an authority from God over you. For they are constantly keeping watch over your souls. And guarding your spiritual welfare. As men who have to render an account of their trust. Then it says, you do your part. To let them do this with gladness and not with sighing and groaning. For that would not be profitable to you either. When we think about you, hmm. Hey, this girl there, I don't know when she's going to even listen to what we are saying. Hmm. You say we are doing this. She doesn't even want to mind us. Hmm. When, the, when your spiritual leader thinks about you, hmm, it's what comes. Hmm. I don't even know. Hmm. It's not supposed to be like that. Yeah. You need to submit yourself. It's important though. It's very important. You submit to the, to the authority of God by submitting to the spiritual leader he has sent to you. Or submitting to the group of leaders he has sent to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go back to chapter 12. Verse 5. And have you completely forgotten the divine word of, a, of appeal and encouragement in which you are risen with and addressed as sons? This is the address and the appeal. My son, do not think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord. Nor lose courage and give up and faint when you are reproved or corrected by him. So God reproves you, corrects you. Eh? Disciplines you. Next verse. He says, don't faint. Because it's good. If Nobody enjoys correction when it is happening. When they're lashing, it's not nice. But it registers something into your mind, in your mind. When you are being raised, it's not, it's not, it's not nice. <laughs> the follow-up. You know, it's, it's training. God is trying to train you. Training you for reigning. To be able to reign with him. Because in the New Jerusalem, we'll be reigning with him. How are we going to reign with him if you don't understand the concept of sacrificing for him? Because the main thing for his kingdom is sacrifice. 
He sacrificed for you. We must all sacrifice for him. That is the main thing. Are you in the church? That is the main thing. We are not into using him. He's into use us. For his will, for his purposes. We are not, he, 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 did, he was not made for us. We were made for him. Hello? For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves. If the Lord loves you, he will correct you. If the Lord loves you, he will discipline you. So if you've never been corrected by the Lord, you should know that there's something wrong. You're a bastard. It's in there. And he punishes even scourges, lashes, every son whom he accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. If he loves you, he will lash you. My father loved me. That was why he was lashing me. He didn't want me to go off. That is why the Lord will say no to that guy. Because that guy is going to destroy your life. And he will say yes to going to school. Go to school. Instead of focusing on a foolish boy, go to school. Hey! I sat with a young lady in one of our churches some time ago. 19 year old. She has a boy and they are doing all kinds of things. So many things are happening. And she's praying for me to, she's asking me to pray for the boy to change. I said, ah, sister, what are you talking about? You, 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 need, you need to focus. You need, fo- you need focus in your life. Hey. That's a correction from the Lord. The Lord will not come down with a red hat, red bandana with red boots for you to know that it is him. And tell you, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, the boy that thou goest out with will let destroy thy life. Go back to school now. The Lord will not, He will use His servant to tell you that you have you are fooling. He will use His servant to tell you, do this, don't do this one. Yeah. He punishes. Now, you don't think that the Lord is uh, like he's punishing you, he's putting things on you to punish you, to correct you. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about what I'm talking about, training you, training. Nobody, that is wickedness. You don't beat your son for nothing. When you see his face, nah. He has not done anything. I feel like, why are you beating me? I feel like beating you today. SS things. I'm beating you for the future. <laughs> for, the, for the wrongs you are going to do in the future. There's nothing like that. You know, training has to do with pushing you, taking you to the right places, creating certain standards for you. Don't watch this. Watch that. Don't do this. Do this. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Let's do this. How many of you liked school when you were going to school? Me, I didn't like school. How many of, okay, let me ask the right question. How many of you didn't like school? When you, uh-huh, I have company. I didn't like going to school. Mondays were my were the days I didn't like at all. Because homework, they will, homework has to come. And I've not done my homework. I've been moving around since the weekend. I've not done my homework. I've not done any of those things. So do you know what I was doing? I will steal my own uniform, school uniform, and hide it. Nobody will find it. Everybody will search for it in the house. They won't find. They will look and look and look. They will know. I know where it is. The following day, I'll find it. That's on Tuesday. I'll find it. Iron and be ready for school and go to school. 
Even when I was class perfect in my class, I was not going to school. Mondays, I won't go. And you know the irony. In my adult life, as a pastor, my holiday is Mondays. <laughs> God knows I, didn't, I don't like Mondays, so. Man. Yeah. No school. They had to beat me into order. Like, why? What, what do you mean? Why won't you go to school? Your school is for your future, isn't it? They say education is the, few, is the key to what? Success, your future success, isn't it? Only that they have removed the door and changed the locks these days. That is the only problem, but it, it still works. Hallelujah. Go to school. Tell me about go to school. <laughs> go to school, okay? Hallelujah. So there are things you were made to do that didn't look like, it didn't look beneficial for you at that time. But as you have grown up, you've grown to, you've grown to understand that ah, this way, it's very important, it's very good. My father did a good job. My mother did a good job for, my, for, my, for me, for my future. Yeah? So winning, evangelism, follow up. Eh? Caring for other Christians does not look exciting. But that work is what will translate into your future, your future success. <laughs> that is it. So it's like your, your education, your natural education. That is it. In Christianity, that is your education. Do you understand? Because it holds the key to your future. It holds the keys to, your, to the crowns you will get, to the rewards you will have, to the placing that you will have with God. It holds the key to it. It does. It does. And I've shown you so many scriptures along that line. So God does. He, 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 will, he will push you. He will say things to you. Go here. Do it like this. Don't just be sitting down not doing anything. Let's pray. It's, it, normal Christians are the only ones who, who pray when they need something. When they need something, Lord. They will go for a prayer meeting and all night. And the all night is about break. Break. Loose. Break. When I clap and I pray. All those who are holding my destiny. They will release my destiny now. Ah, lift up your leg and begin to pray. And the destiny is not, they are not leaving the destiny for you. Give the Lord a shout if you like my message. But when it is an all night, only Christians who are disciples who attend an all night that has to do with praying for sheep. Praying for, praying for, uh, uh, for, the, for the government of this country, for the world, praying for Afghanistan. You see, you see what is happening to Afghanistan? You are talking with your mouth. You've not prayed for them. You've forgotten that there are pastors in there who are going to be killed by the Taliban. They are going to be killed by so many. A lot of people are going to die. You are seeing it. And you are saying it. But you have never prayed. You've not prayed. Why? You are not yet a disciple. You are the other side. God can't work with you. He can't even bring it to your mind that pray for them. It can't come. It can't. That thought cannot come to you. You are occupied with yourself. These are selfish Christians. You are not one of them in Jesus' name. I said you are not one of them in Jesus' name. You are different. Say I'm different. Yeah. I'm different. Not like them. I transitioned a long time. See, I transitioned a long time ago. Yeah. Look at the next verse. Verse 7. It's nice. You'll be surprised. 
You must submit to and endure correction for discipline. It's correction for discipline. Have you seen it? God is dealing with you as with sons and daughters, of course. For what son is there whom his father does not that strain and correct and discipline? What, what child is like that? You can't be a child of God and not be submitted to training. It's not possible. If God does not do this, his work will be left undone. Yeah, his work will be left undone. Everybody will care for their things and not for the things that belong to Jesus Christ. Paul said it. Philippians 2, verse 20. Look at this. Let's read from verse 19 into 20, okay? But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you you shortly unto you, that I also also may be be of good comfort when I know your state. He says, I'm going to send Timothy to you, the Philippians, so that I'll be comforted to know what is happening with you because the Philippian church were were going through some problems. He wanted to send Timothy who would find out what is going on and give him information, okay? Look at the next verse. Then he says, for I have no man like-minded. I, I don't have anybody around who's like-minded. He has the same mind as me. <laughs> Who would naturally care for your state? Naturally care for your state. Naturally. For I have no man like-minded. Who would naturally care for your state? Then it says, for all seek their own. All. Everybody around seeks, seeking their own. All seek their own. Not the things which are Jesus Christ's. They are not seeking the things that belong to Jesus Christ or the things that Jesus Christ wants done. Everybody is seeking their own. Minus you. Your Jesus name is too small. I said minus you. You will care for the things that be for the Lord. Yes. It's important. The Lord trains us, you know, to do the ministry. He does. Trains us. <laughs> it's not enjoyable, but it is important. Many lives will be destroyed if we don't care for some people. You must care for some, you must care for somebody. You see, some of you are being cared for others here. Every week you hear from them. They'll find out if you are doing well. They'll call you. They'll bring you to the church. They'll do this. You need to do that for another person. You too, you need to do the same for another person. For five people, for ten people. It's important. That is your, your key to success in the kingdom of God. Yes, it is. And you must submit yourself to be disciplined along that line. What do you think? Go back to that place, Hebrews. You, so this is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 now. It says, you must submit to and endure correction for discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons. For what son is there whom, whom his father does not does train and correct and discipline? Next verse. Now, if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline, in which all of God's children share, then you are an illegitimate offspring and not true sons at all. You are not a child of God if you are left out of training and of discipline. You are not. When you are being trained and you run away, you should, you should, you should watch yourself. <laughs> watch it. Next verse. Look at the next verse. Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who discipline us and we yielded to them and respected them for training us. Is it true? Shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father of spirits and so truly live? God is the Father of spirits. He's, a, he's our Father, our real Father. Our natural fathers are fathers of our flesh. But He's the Father of spirits. So shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father of spirits 
and so truly live. Next verse. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short period of time. And chastened us as seemed good, as seemed proper and good to them. But he, God, disciplines us for our setting good, that we may become sharers in his own holiness. He wants you to be a sharer in his holiness. That is the reason why he's training you and saying the things he's saying to you. That is why he's pushing you to do the things he wants you to do. So he can share in his glory, in his holiness on that day. But you'll not be far away on that day from him. You will be close to him. So that you hear those words in your ears. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been good and faithful with a little. Come and be lord over much. That is the reason why he's talking to you the way he's talking to you. And saying, do this for me. Get this done for me. That is why he wants to share in his holiness, in his glory on that day. How many of you want to share in his glory? Yeah, he's giving you the opportunity and he's training. He wants to train you for it. Okay, look at the next verse. It's nice. For the time being, no discipline brings joy. It's true. For the time being, no discipline brings joy. But seems grievous and painful. It looks grievous and painful. But afterwards, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. A harvest of fruits which consists in righteousness, in conformity to God's will and in purpose, thoughts, and action, resulting in right living and right standing with God. I mean, it's self-explanatory. I don't know, I don't know if you want to say more. Self-explanatory. No discipline seems nice now, but it bears the peaceable fruit of righteousness and helps you conform to that will of God in thoughts, in action, resulting in living, right living and right standing with God. Hallelujah. Next verse, verse 12. So then, brace up and reinvigorate and set your slacking, your right, set right your slacking and weakened and drooping hands and strengthen your feeble and passive and torturing knees. Next verse. And cut through and make firm the, and plain and smooth, straight past for your feet. Yes, make them safe and upright and happy pass that you go, that go in the right direction so that the lame and hurting limbs may not be put out of joint but rather be cured. He says, Bring your weakness to bear so that the Lord can cure you of your problems. Are you in the church? Training. Labor training. Yeah. God trains you to reign with him. Trains you to reign with him. Yes. Trains you to reign with him. Hallelujah. All those who are trained, disciplined, who are disciples, have, have a bigger testimony. They don't need to struggle for some things. They don't need to. There are things people cry for that they don't need to cry for. Things, certain things happen for them without even having to pray for it. Yeah. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always, say always, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always, always, not sometimes, always, leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. He leads us always, always, leads us in triumph, in victory, as trophies of Christ's victory. And through us, through you and I, he makes, through us, spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. God wants you to be the fragrance of Christ everywhere you go. 
In other words, wherever you go, Christ is known. Jesus is known by you. Jesus is known by who? By you. Christ is known by you. You are the fragrance of Christ. You are the one who brings the knowledge of Christ to every single place that you get to. In your office, they get to know the fragrance of Christ through you. Through you. In your home, in your school, in your hostel. You are the, you are the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ that comes to people. That's what he has chosen you for. And I see you fulfilling it in Jesus' name. Yes. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always. So those who are, those who are disciples always have, they always win. Let's look at, look at the King James. The King James is, says this in a different way. But thanks be unto God, who always causes, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. He always causes us. Always. You will triumph every time. Every time. Who always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. He makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Hallelujah. See, I'm going higher. I'm getting better and stronger and greater by the day. I'm called of God. I'm sent of God. I've been commissioned of God to bring the savor of his knowledge to every place I go to in the name of the Lord Jesus. By me, they will know Jesus. By me, they will be established in Christ. By me, they will be in heaven. They will be taken care of. You see, the primary thing, let me just show you, sit down for two minutes. The primary thing is the care of people. People need to be taken care of. Yes. People need to be cared for. People need to be cared for. On, on, Tuesday, on Wednesday, I was sharing concerning the various crowns, isn't it? You remember? I spoke about the crown of life. Okay? Can I show it to you briefly? And then we close. Can you speak in terms for two minutes? Or a minute? Hallelujah. So all that you're doing for the Lord will be, will be rewarded. Crowns will be given. I spoke about the crown of life. I spoke about the crown of rejoicing. Now I want to show you the last two crowns and I'll close. The crown of glory is the a, is a, is a third one. First Peter chapter 5 from verse 1. The crown of glory. First Peter chapter 5 verse 1. And I want to show you because of what I'm talking about now. Okay? Scare. Caring for people. Very important. People stay in the kingdom of God when they are cared for. They don't stay because they are not cared for. Many people get born again, but very few stay in churches because they are not cared for. They are not helped. They are not trained. They are not raised. We need more hands to raise and train. Hallelujah. Can you imagine that in Love Economy Church worldwide, from January to June this year, we've had 5,000 people come to church. 5,000 new people, not members, new people come to church. First timers. Are you clapping or you're not clapping? 
Now, out of the 5,000, maybe only 300 have been retained in the church. Admiral, am I lying? Only 300 have been retained in the church worldwide. Our numbers have not changed much. So it's not that God is not bringing us new people. God is bringing us new people. But very few people can take care of some of the people. If I'm taking care of 10 people already and five are added to me, my care will reduce for the other 10. I have to share the care for every other person. So the attention is reduced. But if all of us are caring for somebody, we'll retain all the 5,000. And that was, what, that was what they were doing. That was, that was what they did in the, in the, in the church. You see? We are, we are in the body of Christ. Are we in the body of Christ? The body of Christ is like a human body. The human body is a type of the body of Christ. It has a head and it has a body. Christ is the head, we are the body. Inside every part of the body are cells. Do you know cells? Have you gone to school before? Have you ever heard of cells? C-E-L-L-S, cells. What are cells? You are speaking in tongues, I can't hear you. What, are, what is a cell? The basic unit of what? Of life. Cells are the basic units of life. So, you are actually a buildup of many cells. They are called somatic cells. Hey people, I taught, I taught a secondary school for five years. And I taught chemistry, pure chemistry, and integrated science. So I'm a science teacher. In the human body, there are two types of cells in the human body. There's the somatic cells or the body cells. And then there's the sex cells. Okay? Or the reproductive cells. Hallelujah. But the focus is on the somatic or the body cells. Okay? Your head was not as big as it is now when you were born. You would have killed your mother if your head was like this when you were coming out of your mother's womb. Is it true? Check your neighbor's head and see. You realize that? It would have been a big problem. Your head was smaller. But when you came out of your mother's womb, you started, you, you started, you were growing in your mother's womb already. But at a certain size, you had to come out. When you came out, you continued growing. Okay? Your head has not changed in type. But it has changed in size. Your face has, is your face. Are you seeing it? But it has changed in size. It has become broader or something bigger. Whatever it is. Is it not true? So the cells in your face have to divide. It is the cells in your face that are responsible for the size, the increase in size. They have to divide. Somatic cells divide and reproduce themselves. Same kind. They reproduce the same kind. So your no the cells in your nose will not divide and become a mouth. Or you now have your nose becoming a mouth as time goes on. Hey! That would be a horror movie, innit? You'll be a monster. The cells in your nose have to divide into equal cells. No cells. Same thing with your mouth, with your neck, with your, every part of your body. The cells must divide and increase. For the, for, the, for the body to increase, the cells must divide in order for the body to increase. If your cells are not dividing right, you have a problem. 
Hallelujah. So when the Lord brings people to the church, they must be held by the cells in the church. That's why we're going to be starting the cell system. Everybody must hold somebody. If you don't hold somebody, the thing will not grow. Just a few people will be doing something, and it's not going to work. Everybody must hold somebody. Hallelujah. I can't wait to see 2,000 people seated here. 4,000 people seated here. 6,000 people seated here. It's going to happen practically in our lives. In the next one year, two years, it will happen to the glory of God. Because you and I are going to stand and do what we are supposed to do. Yeah, they must be taken care of. They have to. So look at this. It's the elders which are, which are among you are exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partake of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not for constraint. Next verse, next verse. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Next verse. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Next verse. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. So the chief shepherd is Jesus Christ. He says, when he comes, he shall give you a crown of glory that fades not away. If you take care of people in the church. So this crown is for people who take care of people in the church. Go back to verse 2. From the, go, go, back, go back to verse 1. The elders among you are all, who are most an elder, and the witness of the service of Christ, and also partake of the glory of God that shall be real. Feed the flock of God. Look at the Amplified. These are people who feed. It says, tend, nurture, guard, guide, and fold the flock of God. That is your responsibility. All of us are the flock of God. We are all sheep in God's kingdom. We are described as sheep in God's house. And we must take, it says, make sure, tend, nurture, guard, guide, and fold the flock of God. That is your responsibility. Not by coercion. Not by force. Don't, don't do it under compulsion. No constraints or constraints, but willingly, do it willingly. Not dishonorably motivated by the advantages and profits belonging to the office, but eagerly and cheerfully. Next verse. Not domineering as arrogant, dictatorial, and overbearing persons over those in your charge, but being examples, patterns, and models of Christian living to the flock, the congregation. Next verse. And when... And then when the chief shepherd is revealed, you will win the conqueror's crown of glory. So by taking care of others in the house of God, you win the conqueror's crown of glory. You receive the crown of glory by taking care of others. Tell anybody, I'm going to take care of others. Tell the other neighbor, I'm going to take care of others. Tell the neighbor behind you, I'm going to take care of others. Yeah. The last one is the crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. The crown of righteousness. So the more you take care of others, the more you win your crown. The more rewards you receive. Hallelujah. Did you hear the verse? 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, from verse 7 to verse 8. I have fought a good fight. This is Paul talking. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Next verse. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. So there's a crown of righteousness. Who do they give it to? Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that, at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. 
he shall give you the crown of righteousness. Not to me only, but to all them that also love his appearing. If you love the Lord and love his appearing, you, are, you have a second coming in mind. You do, because you know that the second coming is coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. And it's coming for people who are doing what he wants them to, to, to do. Hallelujah. Yes. So rise up. Tell me about rise up. And fulfill your calling. Fulfill your ministry. Yeah. Fulfill your ministry. So now you know that you have a ministry. Do you know that you have a ministry? I spent four messages talking about the fact that you are called, you are chosen, you have a ministry. God has called all of us. The ministry is for all. It's not for some people. And there are rewards for all that we do for him. And the ministry is a means of God training us. Okay? Yes. It's his means of training us. Just as school is, is the means. It's a means. Can, I, can you imagine if you were not going to, you didn't go to school? You would have been deprived of a lot of things. So the ministry is also a, a school for us to be trained, to be raised, to be disciplined, to be helped, to fulfill the calling of God upon our lives. I see you fulfilling the calling of God upon your life. I see you doing what God wants you to do with joy. And I see you standing before the Lord on that day with many crowns, many rewards in the name of the Lord Jesus. You will not be a Christian who is clueless of God's will, of his master's will. I see you as a strong disciple fulfilling the calling of God upon your life. Even in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.